jazz age living. Old fashioned sipping. Pizzazz ain't missing. Got the fat cats kissing the top. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday Punch Podcast. Sean coming to you solo this evening, January 20th, 2021. And it's official, folks. We we have a new president. DJT is off to Mar-a-Lago or some other undisclosed location where he can hide from both supporters and critics alike. Uh, and Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris have been sworn in as the president and vice president, respectively. Here we go four years. Let's see what happens. Um, a little bit different content tonight. I'm coming to you solo. Adam is traveling abroad, um, spending some time on mountain time. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let him explain. I'll let him explain what he's up to. Uh, but sort of kind of around, you know, my lost and lonely nights here without him around, I was think about something that I've been kind of interested in exploring uh, recently, and that is this idea of of the presidential pardon and kind of where it comes from. This uh, I initially got excited about this, just kind of looking to learn a little more when we heard about the president pardoning himself, pardoning family members, and I didn't really understand if that was going to be possible or not. Um, but then also because I woke up to a CNBC article, I guess it was uh, this morning, with the president having filed, let's see here, grand total 74 pardons just in the last 24 hours and 70 commuted sentences. So 100 and let's see, 44 folks uh, with a bright spot in their life, something to celebrate here as the president's going out. And I really didn't understand what what a pardon meant, what it could be used for, what a commutation meant, what it could be used for. And notably, you know, who's who's kind of getting these things and, and who isn't. Um, so with that in mind, I, I wanted to kind of share what I what I learned here. Um, and the first is that, you know, a pardon, I guess, can can only be applied for somebody who's had a federal conviction and they've waited five years. I actually kind of looked into this and what it would request to, you know, what it would take to request a pardon. Just thinking back to, you know, that that red light I might have run when I was 16 learning to drive or the speeding ticket I might have had. Can I get this expunged? Uh, all that kind of stuff. But you actually have to submit, an, of all things, an email directly to the uh, Department of Justice. Um, and there's, there's a whole email on like justice.gov website where you can find this and submit your request for a pardon. But it has to be federal, folks. It can't be, a, can't be just a, a state transgression that you've had. And it can only be applied to a conviction. So kind of an interesting concept here. You know, the idea that President Trump could pre-pardon himself or pardon himself in the anticipation of being taken to court would only apply if he had been found guilty of a federal crime, which has not happened yet, so can't be applied. Um, and interestingly, it, it cannot apply to any state crimes he being prosecuted for. So I think it's the Southern District of New York is looking at uh, tagging him with a bunch of state crimes, perhaps, and he can't pre-pardon himself for a state crime. It has to be a federal crime. Uh, and and what, what, what a pardon actually does, it sounds like, is it sort of restores rights that we lose when we're convicted of a federal crime. So a federal conviction, yeah, in some situations might lose the right to vote, uh, lose the right to hold a firearm license, lose the right to sit on a jury, or uh, lose the right to hold elected office. And while a pardon does not give anybody 
innocence. It is not meant to signify innocence. It's it's not meant to expunge or uh, you know remove a record of conviction. So I guess my um, running the red light wouldn't quite count for <laughs> for numerous reasons. Um, it can restore the right for someone to carry a firearm, hold elected office, or sit on a jury. And I'll kind of emphasize some of the folks who got pardoned who we we might want to be careful about restoring that that right to here those those privileges to. Uh, and the powers in the president alone. No, nobody else can do this. So, so it's he alone. There's no review by a court. There's no review by a jury. Uh, the Department of Justice doesn't weigh in. I, I mentioned that because it's it's federal. Uh, when it's done, it's done, and that's it. And the president has done that for, like we said, 144 new folks. Commutation's different. I heard this word getting thrown around a lot. You know, he, he he commuted a sentence. He commuted somebody's sentence, and that doesn't actually do what a pardon does. Evidently, what that does is actually just reduce a sentence, re reduce a penalty, reduce some kind of financial obligation or, or fine somebody might have, jail time, that kind of thing, when it's when it's passed by a federal court. So naturally, you know, we we have this power. It's it's somewhere, or he has this power. It's it's somewhere in the Constitution. It's now passed on to Biden, and we'll see kind of who he applies it to in his tenure as president. Um, and I kind of found myself wondering: is is this actually in the Constitution, or is it was it an amendment applied later, and and why? So did some reading here and found out for you folks that I guess it is in the Constitution. It's uh, applied directly. Um, as a means of checks and balances, as we know, the the federal government was obsessed, or the framers, I should say, of our federal government were obsessed with making sure that every branch of government had some form of, of checks and balances on one another. We learned a lot of these well, right? Veto power for the executive against the legislative, uh, override power for the legislative back against the executive, uh, approval of executive appointments by the Senate, uh, federal courts declaring a law passed by the legislature branch unconstitutional, etc. And what it looks like is that the the framers at some point realized that what what they were missing, what they were missing really, was a check from the executive on the judiciary. So the federal court, the Supreme Court, passes some sentence that the president or the executive branch disagrees with. What's their what's the president or executive branch's ability to check that sentence or that conviction? And that's where the pardon and, and commutation came into play here. Looks like they were kind of looking around for a template here, and so they they kind of looked over to the monarchies of Europe, and they saw that kings and emperors had been pardoning people for hundreds of years. Um, they would pardon people to display power, to kind of turn a new page, signify a new dawn after maybe a tumultuous period, uh, or to curry some kind of political favor with their people or their citizenry. We saw this play out pretty well when King Louis XVI of France during the French Revolution pardoned all those Parisians who had stormed the Bastille, who just a couple years later turned around and dropped uh, La Madame Guillotine onto his head and decapitated him actually in, in Paris, um, not too far from the Bastille they'd stormed. So you're taking risks, DJT, when you pardon people. Um, and I guess this was this was a pretty hotly debated topic between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, because of course, when the Constitution was written, it had to be ratified by the states, and some states even even held out for a while based on a lot of the concerns here. And it sounds like one particular individual, uh, George Mason, who was from Virginia, stood up in front of, you know, what were kind of the big wigs of the day, I guess himself included. I mean, he's, he's looking at Alexander Hamilton, John Marshall, James Madison, Patrick Henry, all the folks we learned about kind of back in uh, elementary, middle school, high school, about who, who were the framers of the Constitution. And when this power to pardon came up, he replied to them, uh, the president, quote, ought not to have the power of pardoning because he may 
frequently pardon crimes which were advised by himself. It may happen at some future day that he will establish a monarchy and destroy the republic. If he has the power of granting pardons before indictment or conviction, he may not stop may he not stop inquiry and prevent detection. The case of treason ought at least to be accepted. This is a weighty objection with me, end quote. So one thing they did is they kind of rearranged what could be done as occurring after conviction and then sort of that, that five-year waiting period we talked about. Um, but, but Madison came back with him. James Madison came back and basically gave him the, hey, you know, we recognize this, but we, we have a counterbalance to that check and balance. And he said, uh, Madison to, to, um, to George Mason, quote, there is one security in this case to which gentlemen may not have averted. If the president be connected in any suspicious manner with any person, and there be grounds to believe he will shelter him, the House of Representatives can impeach him. They can remove him if found guilty, end quote. So impeachment, in other words, you know, can, can start not when the president has been formally charged with the crime. He can be impeached on, the, on grounds to believe that he may shelter or pardon folks who have behaved in a suspicious manner. Uh, this came into play a lot with the storming of the Capitol and who might or may not be pardoned. Uh, I, I don't think anybody that was on the pardon list were those yet arrested or who have been arrested by the FBI uh, or local police forces. So kind of interesting back and forth there between those folks. Obviously, we know how things played out. The, um, the pardon power and the commutation power were included in the in the uh, Constitution and remains a feature of our Republic today. So I thought I'd go through kind of here just really quickly to wrap up and uh, make note of a couple notable pardons there. Like I said, are well over 100 here, 144 just in that one final day, and uh, I'm sure hundreds more in, in the preceding years that, that Trump's been in office. But here's some some notable pardons. Um, Stephen Bannon, uh, this is Trump's former chief strategist. Um, he was among those who were charged with um, I guess it's fraud uh, or, or defrauding don donors to the We Build the Wall campaign. Uh, they raised about $25 million that ended up using hundreds of thousands for what was found to be personal expenses. Um, he was arrested and taken into custody. Um, and then I think actually, I think he was actually arrested on, on a yacht of some Chinese billionaire, if I recall the story correctly, which just goes to show how much our tariffs are really hurting folks. Um, and he received a, a full pardon. He will not face trial. Congratulations, Stephen Bannon. Uh, I found this one interesting, especially with respect to the fact that a pardon allows somebody to run for office. Former U.S. Representative Rick Renzi, a Republican from Arizona, he was granted a full pardon in 2013. Check out this rap sheet. He was sentenced to three years in prison, only three years, for extortion, bribery, insurance fraud, money laundering, and racketeering in a public corruption case uh, after having served three terms in the House. He can run for office again. He's he's freed. Um, Two, two ones that kind of came out of left field for me, but I guess if I'd been paying closer attention to TMZ, I probably should have picked it up. Uh, Dwayne Michael Carter Jr., um, better known by Lil Wayne, received a, pull, a full pardon. Um, in, in December of last year, he'd uh, actually pled guilty to a federal we weapons charge, which essentially makes him um, convicted. Uh, he'd carried a handgun from California to Florida on his private jet. I believe it was plated in gold, if I remember correctly, um, which of course carries a maximum prison sentence of 10 years. He'd been, you know, showing up really at the 11th hour with MAGA hats on, vote for Trump. I'm, I'm in Trump's camp here right before the election. And he's uh, met with Donald Trump to discuss criminal justice issues because who better qualified? And uh, he has been pardoned. Bill K. Capri, um, 
not somebody who's a manager at Gap, but rather you know him by the name Kodak Black, um, sentenced to 46 months in prison on federal weapons charges in 2019. Uh, he'd admitted to, I guess, falsifying some information on federal forums about buying firearms, uh, obtained, I think, three or four handguns, um, and he received a, a full full pardon. This one I thought was kind of interesting, just me being in the healthcare field. Solomon Melgin, or Melgin, um, this is an, an, eye, an eye physician and interestingly, a major Democratic donor uh, who'd been convicted of defrauding Medicare patients. So he had essentially um, claimed they'd had diagnoses in their eye that required procedures that were not necessary. Um, and I believe run up a tab with Medicare of $42 million. That's that's your and my taxpayer dollars there, folks. Um, he stood trial, was convicted, and has received a full pardon. So just just a taste of the people who are kind of getting let off here. Uh, there's a full list all over the internet, but I just thought those were, were pretty fascinating um, and, and kind of makes me kind of makes me feel dirty just for having these people in our you know healthcare field and having them um, in our government. It's like, well, how are they even getting there? Um, I, I thought it'd be fun to end with some notable non-pardons. So people who I, I guess, don't necessarily fit criteria for or being convicted of anything, but people who I, I think probably would sleep better at night if they received a pardon. Um, starting off top of the list, of course, Mitch Trubisky, quarterback for the Chicago Bears, not even pretending to be interested in advancing the Bears in the playoff hopes. Um, not pardoned. That's probably appropriate. Uh, number two, Eminem, um, the the rapper who looks like a, a dad on stage, you know, going off to lose lose yourself uh, during the Oscars. I think his his mic was kind of going in and out intermittently. I don't know if it was intentional or a play, as was later commented on, or or a. Um, Oh, a tactical move, I guess, to endorse and empower producers of silent films. Uh, as his mic was going in and out, he ended up receiving a standing ovation for this. So I, a notable non-pardon. Um, the, the studio that funded the movie Sonic the Hedgehog, dear God, wish I had that 99 minutes of my life back. Um, they should not receive a pardon. And I, I thought this one would be kind of fun here. I didn't find this anywhere. This is just kind of something I thought would be hilarious. In, in Donald Trump form, I, I kind of wish he'd gone up there and although totally an overextension of his power is pardon China for releasing the China virus on, on all of us. That's that's not a joke about COVID-19 or the havoc it's wrought on the world, but wouldn't that just be the most Trump thing ever? I pardon China for releasing the China virus upon the world. I'll be the first. No one else wants to do it, but you know me. Always looking to forgive. Anyways, folks, I uh, thought that'd be ch- kind of a fun, quick rundown of something uh, I found interesting there. Uh, fill some content, give you something for your uh, your ears to play with for uh, about 15 or 20 minutes, however long we've been on. Keep an eye out for Adam. Allegedly, he's flown his equipment cross-country to Mountain Time, and he'll be uh, bringing us some cool content over the weekend. Uh, a lot of good playoff football to watch here. We got college basketball in full swing. NBA in full swing and hopefully in about a week and a half or so Adam and I will be back together uh, with the guest or without we'll see and we'll be able to give you some more of uh, that good good here on Sunday Punch Sports